Alright, so I guess we're doing a spooky story as well. I don't, I don't really know what's spooky, but... If you're in the military, you obviously know, like, you're gonna be on duty or you're gonna be at the barracks. And, like, obviously, one of them is haunted or both of them are haunted either way. So, I've had multiple, uh, I guess, like, scenarios, I guess you want to call them. Uh, one of them went out was I was out in Cali at Coronado Island, North Island, at the Navy base. I was out there for my MOS school. And,. We are staying at, like, these old, like, they were barracks, but they were, like, the old, like, hotels because they would have hotels on base. So, they were, like, the old, so, like, they converted the hotel into a barracks. And they were split apart. And I remember one night, I remember seeing, like, a, I want to say, like, six to seven foot, like, tall shadow in my barracks room. And I had a roommate. So, I see it standing on my roommate's side of the room, like, right over and I like obviously it was like I wake up from like the middle of sleep and like I wear contacts and I don't have my contacts in I don't have my glasses on and I'm just like okay well maybe it's just like I thought like alright well I'm just seeing things and I have the we have the curtains open so like the light from the street light comes in so like it lights up the room pretty good so I was just like alright well maybe I'm just tired and like next you know no shit I see him like physically punch the air like he was fighting something and I was just like I was like what the hell and I was just like, all right, well, maybe he's, like, dreaming. And then I see him do it again. And then I just hear him, like, kind of, like, like he's trying to, like, make words. He's just like, oh. Like, he's, like, in a sleep paralysis or something. And then next you know, I see his arms go limp. And then I see, like, that fucking shadow, like, slowly moving to my side of the room. And, like, I'm just watching. I'm like, what the hell? Like, with my eyes, like, barely open, you know. And then I'm just like, what the hell? And then, like, I see it go behind my wall locker. And it disappears. I'm just like, what the fuck? So I was just like, that's pretty weird. And then as time goes on, like the, where one of the females was staying, I guess the same thing happened. She was just like, yeah, there was like, like there was something like that closed my door in the middle of the night because there's a, the way it is, there's a sink in the middle and then there's the actual like, the actual like a shitter where you go take shit and then the actual like a shower and both of them had doors. And I guess she left the shower door, the shower door open with the lights on. And then next, you know, it just slammed shut. And then she like, she's texting her group chat like, hey, can like you guys come to my room real quick? So like it was on, it was like on a Friday. So like we're still up, like we're out in the smoke pit, like partying, like drinking, just whatever. We all go to her room and like, she's like freaking out. She's crying. And then next, you know, like we, uh. We take her out of the room after she told us what happened. We're all like standing on the walkway and we turn off the lights. And then next, you know, we left the door closed and we left the light on and like, we're all sitting there chilling. And then my buddy, he's like, like, you just hear him screaming. He's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And they're like, we were like, what? We all look through the window. And then next, you know, we see the door like come wide open. And we're just like, what the, like, we're all like, we're just like, like, of course we're all freaking out. And then, uh, another night along my walkway I see like the shadow just dart across the window and obviously I'm like sleeping right by the window which is probably like my bed's like a foot away from it so then like with everything going on like I was just like bro what the fuck and then like I was just come to find out that I guess there was like 
when they first got turned into the barracks, there was one guy who was always talking about suicide, and they tried helping him with it and everything, like he saw the people he needed to see, but I guess he still ended up committing suicide in that area, I guess like outside with a tree, or I forget where it was at, but obviously like, like he was still there, and I was just like, oh shit, what the hell, so that continued on, but then um, eventually we gave him a name, we named him uh, Pablo, so then we're just like, oh shit, like every time like something happened, we're just like, oh Pablo was chilling here, you know, and then like eventually like we just got used to it. So, but yeah, that's like the first, I guess my first like encounter with uh something like that with in the, the military. Yeah, well, not supernatural. I've had encounters before that, and just with like, like obviously like being out on the res, like you know, yeah, and, like don't mm-hmm. whistle at night, all that, sh- like all that. Bro, you guys trying to whistle? <laughs> <laughs> bro, what do you mean? You're going to be the last one to make it out of us. <laughs> hey, hey, bro, I can't run, but I can throw hands. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and throw hands with that thing. While... <laughs> <laughs> you going to get it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, Aaron's trying to be over here like Bruce Lee in here making noise and everything. <laughs> bro, that Yanny going to feel some pain somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, that's like my first story. If Aaron wants to go, <clears throat> yeah, well, um, like I said before, I was uh, firefighting, big on firefighting, and my uh, my mom and my auntie Cat, um, they were a part of the through fire department, the volunteer fire department, and I've been around it since I was young, like five, six. So my mom would always take me down there. I I knew everybody down there and the the fire department itself it moved. So it's on 371 now. Before it used to be on 1st Ave right there in front of train tracks. So the original station it was haunted than a motherfucker, I ain't gonna lie. Like there would be times where I would be left there with um one of the other firefighters cuz they went out on a call and I was close with them. And there's a a spirit there, and his name is Rusty. That That's the name we, we came up for. It's Rusty. And he will fuck around with you. Like, literally fuck around with you. So there was this one time uh, they were going to make coffee. So they put the coffee pot on the table, and there was a call. So everyone ran out to the bay to see what the call was about. When they came back, the coffee pot and the coffee maker were gone. So we're like, what the fuck? Okay. So they kind of just forgot about it. And then they left. So I was there at the station with the other firefighter. Then next thing you know, you can hear like the coffee pot going. Just randomly. Like you can hear it loud as shit. So in the fire department, there's another base station. But we don't use it anymore. It's like for sandbags and stuff like that. The coffee pot was back there, not plugged in, but running. And we're like, How? And the fuck is it running? We went back there. Grabbed it, plugged in, just played it off. And everyone knows about Rusty there. And then when we're leaving, we hear, hey, I want some coffee. We're like, this man. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, once once you, like, experience it, you get used to it. But when you start fucking with it, that's when it becomes more. So there was this one firefighter who didn't believe in anything like that. 
he didn't he was like there's explanation you know all that and we're like why the fuck would we do something stupid like that (laughs) just fucking leave it there in the middle of nowhere so i guess he started fucking around with it when nobody was there and doing that it made things worse at the fire department if you would be there late at night and you're the only one there like doing reports they have one of those security doors where you have to push in a pin and everything to come in so when I would be there, I would just leave it propped open so people can come into the office and talk to me. So we had um, paper clips, and we chained them all together and make some long chain. And we had it on the door just to do it. And then every now and then, something will hit the window, like hard as shit. And then when you look at the door, you'll just see the paper clips just moving. And then we're like, the fuck? Okay, never really paid attention. And then when they were building the living quarters at the fire department for the EMTs, they used to have it inside the training area, which is literally like in the common area. They just built walls and then put a bed right there. So there's three of them, but the middle one never gets used. So in that middle one, you would just hear random banging on the walls like late at night and then screaming. And uh, the EMTs, I guess they just got used to it. But to this day, there was one that freaked me the fuck out. I had my my headphones in. I was doing a report. I was going to do the slash report and then head home after I joined. And then uh, I felt something. I just got a haircut. So, you know, when you get a haircut, everything's like sensitive behind your head. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I felt like a cold breeze just right down my neck. And I was like, what the fuck? And I turned around and I just see this tall ass black figure just staring down at me. And then I just looked at it and then I heard the reverse sounds from the ambulance. And you could hear it right up first beep and you just see it take off to the bay. And then the lights came on. And I was like, what the fuck? Jesus. And like, <laughs> I was like, I know I never fucked around with Rusty, Rusty when I was a kid. But he he started to do a lot more shit at the fire department. But now they moved, so I guess everything stays in that building now. Because I haven't gone to the new building yet. Jesus. But there's a lot of shit that happens at that fire department. A lot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You sure it wasn't Sal? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so th- this is a story that uh, I just remembered that uh, Aliyah told me. About like when she was in her, like a kid and everything. Mm-hmm. So when they used to stay at her dad's place, they had a hogan in the middle. All the kids would usually stay in there. Like if they, if they all the kids are over, they would just go there, you know, hang out, play, you know, and then they they all used to just sleep in there, all of them. And all the grown ups and like the older like kids, they would uh, just stay in the buildings or <clears throat> just right next door in case anything happened. And I remember one day, I think it was. When they fell asleep, one of the girls, she started hearing some shit. And so, you know, Lia woke up with her and everything. And they said that when they looked at the window, all they saw was a black figure, like the head and red eyes. And the, uh, the kids, you know, they started freaking out and shit. And they started hearing something outside. The grownups came in. <clears throat> they hey, what the fuck's going on? And the kids said that like they they saw something by the window and something was running around the hogan, so you know they all adults and their dads and shit they they fucking hopped on their four wheelers and they actually saw kind of like tracks and shit. Mm-hmm. They saw tracks and they hopped on their four wheelers and followed that bitch. They were they were hauling ass too. They didn't they already knew the area like the back of their fucking hand. 
and they were following it, and they lost it at the rocky part, but they knew there was, like, a cave and stuff up there, so, you know, they're like, shit, you know, maybe it ran over there, they checked it, and they didn't see anything, came back down, and then the next morning, this little girl was, like, drawing, and she actually drew what she saw, black figure, red eyes, like, literally drew that shit, <clears throat> and everyone was, like, kind of freaking out, telling her, hey, you don't, don't be, don't, don't, don't draw shit like that, like, that is not something you want to draw. <laughs> you, you better put some corn pollen on that shit. <laughs> yeah, that shit. <laughs> yeah, she said since that day, like they they always have like one adult or like an older one to stay with those kids yeah. in that whole gun. But since that day, it's just it's never felt the same when they're staying in there, or whatever. Oh, fuck yeah, that's crazy. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like it's it's insane. Like the dead ass, they know there's a cave up in those mountains. Mm-hmm. There's a legit fucking cave up there. That yeah, that just reminded me of a. I had a um, one of my best friends, another best friend of mine. His name was John Boy, and I met him through the fire department as well. Um, we took him to Albuquerque one day, uh, just to go hang out. You know, the usual stuff: Texas Roadhouse, watch a movie, stuff like that. <laughs> so I had to drive him back, and I, at the time I was driving my truck, which is an '86 GM, and it's uh, it's a long bed. But it's yeah. not four wheel drive. Quit flexing it. <laughs> it's not four wheel drive. So did yeah, this I remember guy, that. I remember that one. You know Birch's Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when you're coming up Birch's Hill, like heading this direction, if you look to the left, there's just that random that one random that house. random street light. Up yeah, there. that's where he lived, up there. Yeah. So when you would take that path, it's literally like steep as hell. Yeah. And we came back; it was raining. And I was like, bro, there ain't no way I'm making it up this. He's like, you can try. It was dark. It was like darker than this outside. And I was like, all right, fuck it. So we were going and I put my truck in the, the actual like ribs that were already dug out. So yeah. I'll get grip. So I was going and then out of nowhere, you just feel something hit the truck. And I got thrown in the ditch. And I was like, what the fuck? So I tried coming out. Couldn't. So I told John Boy, I said, hey. We're going to have to walk this bitch all the way up and pull my truck out. He's all, all right. So we got out, locked the truck, and not going to lie, you know how you just feel something spooky's about to fucking happen? Yeah. something's watching you? Yeah. yeah. That's what we felt immediately right when we got out of the truck. So I was like, I felt like I got pushed because my steering wheel, it didn't jerk or nothing. It just went straight that way. So we were looking at the truck, everything, everything was fine, but... You just saw one footprint. That was it. And I was like, that's not mine. So we're just like, all right. We just blew it off, you know, being teenagers. I'm like, that's all right. <laughs> so we started walking up with this hill, and it ra- it was raining, so there's mud. You know, when someone's walking in mud, you can hear that shit squash. Yeah. So we heard that behind us that whole time walking up. Bro, I was fucking Bro. my mind. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Me and John Boy both looked at each other and we had one of those flashlights that point down and point forward. Yeah. We had that shit on. We were walking and you could hear it just getting louder. Oh my And God. louder. And they're like, you're trying not to show that you're freaking out. Yeah. But inside you're flipping the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then out of the corner of my eye, I just see something crawling on all floors. Oh my god! But I didn't want to look at it, <laughs> so I was just like walking. You know, let's let's get up there. Yeah. We got halfway, and then a rock got thrown at us. You could hear it, and then we didn't want to turn around. 
We're like, we're just going to keep walking. We're just going to ignore it. And then he has a pit bull up there. And that pit bull started going crazy. Barking at us. Going yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then John Boy started calling out um, its name. And it didn't stop barking. So we got closer. And then you just hear those footprints speed up behind us. I ain't going to tell you. that, dude. We hauled ass. Like, we ran our <laughs> fucking hearts out. And then we ran past the pit bull, and the pit bull just stayed there, barking behind us. So we stopped, and we turned around, and then you just see, like, four of these. You just could see shadows. Because you know how you can see it's darker than the rest? Yeah. yeah. Just crawling on all fours back into the woods. And I was like, what the fuck? So we ran inside, and John Boy and his family, they're, like, really traditional. Like, really traditional. Yeah. And then we told him, hey, got my truck stopped, and... Uh, can you help us and his dad's like yeah he woke up the rest of uh john boy's brothers because john boy has like six other brothers yeah and he's the oldest so they all hopped in the truck and we drove back down and we're driving down we didn't say what happened we got back to my truck and there was handprints all over my windshield all over the back window everywhere and i was just like what the fuck and then John Boy's dad at the time, he was like, um, uh, what happened? And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We just got stuck and we walked up here. We heard shit chasing us. And then I remember unlocking my truck and opening the door and the handprints just faded away just instantly. Damn. Like it wasn't even there. Holy shit. <laughs> so we got my truck unstuck and everything and I fucking... I just left. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, fuck that. Fuck bro, that's... That, bro. Fuck so, that. the way to explain that fucking four-legged thing, Black Ops Zombies. Do you remember the crawlers? Oh, the that things, yeah, yeah, the yeah, things yeah, with yeah. no like no eyes. Yeah, yeah, no eyes, just straight mouth. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Exactly like that. And I will always remember to that day because I fucking slipped so many times hauling ass up that hill. That, that shit freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah, and you're you're a fucking big dude, and for you to haul ass that something that's like that is fucking. Yeah, I know. It's like I try not to let it get to me, but sometimes there's shit you just can't explain, and you're like, I ain't gonna fuck around and find out today. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Any yeah. other day, I probably would, but not today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some stories that John Boy has told me about stuff that happened to him like that growing up up there. Yeah. He always said that. There's, he knows for sure there's one of those up there. He said you can see it during the day and at night. Yeah. Uh, he said there's, he, they also saw like Bigfoot, like followed him back in front of his house. There's like a tree and it's like pretty big. And he's like, you can see something like nine feet tall, just peek out like this and come back. Yeah. And he's like, that's, it's just always there. And I'm like, bro, you, you're like accustomed to that. He's like, yeah, it's, it's just normal to him. Yeah, he's like, it's it was here before us, so we we can't do anything about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm just gonna visit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, see, like, see, like in those situations, like you know, your fight, your fight or flight kicks mm-hmm. in, right? So, like, obviously, like that was the fucking flight. Like, honestly, like if I heard that and like same circumstances, I'd be like, no, fuck that. Like as soon as I heard the squashing behind us, I'm pretty sure if like. The boy, like the boys I have, like in the Marine Corps, if we heard that, we'd be like, "What the fuck?" And then, like, obviously, we would think of something like, "All right, one of you, you guys walk backwards, we're gonna walk forwards, but you guys stay in front of us." And like, 
obviously like we, we would think about something like that you know but in that circumstance i'd be like bro what the fuck yeah because like, <laughs> it was everything in a hole that happened it yeah was just yeah yeah weird from the beginning you yeah because it was we had a good time and it just went south just out of nowhere yeah and we were tired it was like midnight when this happened yeah so it's it was it was intense it was very crazy. intense crazy crazy yeah yeah, I can I can understand that. Like, uh, there has been one time where it it sounds like pretty dumb, but like most of this stuff, like most of the stories I'm gonna tell, is like either it's I've been a part of it, but it hasn't like actually happened to me. So at my current at my current duty station <laughs> in uh, Yuma, uh, one of the new chicks when she got I there, that gun ready, yeah, the windows open, yeah, it was right here on my hip. <laughs> Get the ash. <laughs> yeah. Get the tutterdeen, get the get the salt, get everything. You know what? Get the flamethrower while you got it. But uh We got yeah. full metal jacket with that work. But yeah, um her so her name is uh we call her Duke. Like her name's Duke. Like obviously me and my boys like in uh me and my buddy's room, Montes, uh we have a couch. So it's just like you know, like everybody comes to our room, hang out, chill, you know, like drink, just just chill. Like, we're all there. We're at the smoke pit. Like, we're cooking. We, we cook steaks, like, all of us at the shop. And then some of us went to sleep. And, like, she was one of the people that went to sleep, right? So we're there chilling. And, like, fucking next you know, she texts me. She's like, hey. She's like, are you guys up? We're just like, yeah, we're still chilling. And then she comes over. She's like, okay. She's like, I'm going to come over. I was like, all right. And then next thing you know, I deadbolt the door. She comes in. And it was me, Montez, and I think it was, I believe it was Santiago. He was there, and then fucking, like, she comes, she sits on my bed, and, like, I notice, like, she's, like, freaking out. Like, she's, like, you know how, like, you get freaked down, you just sit there, you, like, you blank contemplate, out. Yeah. Contemplate what happened. Trying yeah. To fi- trying to figure out, like, what happened. Yeah, and then, like, I'm, like, like I'm fucking, like, we were drinking, and I'm pretty, like, I'm, like, <laughs> I have a good, like, I'm, okay, like, I'm probably obliterated at this point, but I still, like, comprehend what's going on, right? So, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, hey, Duke, like, you good? And she's just, like, I don't know. She's, like, I really don't know. I was, like, what do you mean? And then she pulls out her phone and she goes on Snapchat. And so in the room, so basically a picture of like where you're, where you are is a bed. And then there's another bed, like, and then there's an empty space. There's a desk, another desk on each side of the room, a trash can, another trash can by each desk. And then there's a spot where you go into like the fucking, where you have your microwave and shit. And then she shows me the video. She has a plastic bag in her fucking trash. And that shit, like, comes up and back down. Like, there's something, like, you know how, like, when he covers, like, somebody's face, like, you mm. see the fucking when breathing. breathing. Yeah, and, like, she's just over there. Like, she's like, what the fuck? And then next thing you know, like, it goes up slowly. <laughs> and, like, it goes back down real quick. And then she screams. And then she runs out. So then I was just like, what the fuck? And, like, sh- like she was on the verge of tears. Like, this is how scared she was. So then, like, me, I was just like... Like, in that point in my life, I was, like, going through a bad patch. So, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Whatever. (laughs) Like, I went in there. Like, she's following me. Like, she's freaking out. She's standing standing behind me. And, like, I go in the room. And then, like, obviously, like, the light switch is, like, right there by the door. But then I'm so brewed out of my mind, I don't want to register it. So, then I go in there. I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, I'm, like, we're, I fucking, remember how from Haunted House, his fucking cousin, 
Oh yeah. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> my hair cut. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I do. Like that's what I did. I was like, I was like, get the fuck out of here, motherfucker! Like I'm, like I'm over here screaming, like dude, like dude, like, like one of our other boys is on duty, and the other duty like went to went to the sleep shift. So then he's out there just like laughing. They have the door propped open. I'm just like, where the fuck you at? And then like next, you know, I fucking go in there. I start looking around, and then I just hear that fucking trash bag. Just, I was like, what the fuck? I turn around. I was like, okay, it's probably it's probably a mouse or some shit. And then I fucking pull it up. And then there's nothing in the bottom. I start putting it back in. I just feel it pulled back down. I'm like, I'm just like, what the fuck? And then, of course, <laughs> me being me, like, like most people, like, their flight or flight response was just like, you know, fuck this, I'm going to leave. And then my dumb ass over here was just like, oh, what the fuck? I kicked it. And, like, I started kicking that bitch around the room. And I told him to turn on the light. I was just like, what the fuck? I put it back. And then next you know it just stops. And then... Like, we were just chilling in her room for a bit, and then I left when she finally fell asleep. Like, we both left. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like, it was just gone. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what it was, but I was just like, like, I was just like, okay, you know, it's whatever. But then once I felt, like, the actual, like, force of something being pulled down, I was just like, okay, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, so... I was actually on a, we actually went on a call, like, we had a call for an old lady who wasn't feeling well, she wanted to go to the hospital, so instead of me and John Boy taking, like, a whole nother unit, we decided to go with the med unit, so, uh, the med unit consists of the two MTs, and then whoever stood riding in the back, but at this time it was just two MTs and me and John Boy, so we hopped in the back, <clears throat> and it was, like, probably the 11 mile marker on 371, so, in Smith Lake around that area and uh this old lady lived way in the fucking back like back road boonies fucking back oh uh, yeah i remember you telling me that. so we went back there for for this call and uh just from the beginning it just didn't sound right didn't feel right just everything was off you know how you have that gut feeling yeah, yeah. yeah. all of yeah. all of us we all had that gut feeling yeah, I had that feeling with my ex. So, <laughs> we were like, you know what? It's all right. Fuck it. We'll just we'll just, we'll just do our call, transport her. She needs to get transported and go back. So, as we got there, nothing happened. Loaded her up. And I they told me to drive. So, like 99% of the time, I'm always driving. So, they're like, drive. And I was like, okay. So, we started driving. And you can see where the main, like, 371 runs. But we were on the hill on top of on top of it, looking down at it. So we're coming down and some people don't take care of their sheep, like livestock and shit, so you can see it on the sides and everything. So as we're driving, um, we see a horse. And let me tell you, this horse was not any normal horse. You know how horses they can be like different colors and everything. This horse was grey. Not like any vibrant color grey, like dead gray yeah like the fucking like uh the brain mush gray right yeah yeah like that and it just looked skin and bone and we looked at it and it turned towards us and put its head back down so we're like okay you know didn't think of it didn't think anything of it just thought it was a random fucking horse <laughs> we pass it we go down the road a couple ways we hit a turn we see the same horse but on the other side same exact horse same exact thing look at us and look back down 
And we're like, is that the same horse? Me and John Boy were thinking, because he was on the passenger side. So, started going down the road again. This time, this horse was even closer to the side of the road, but looking straight at us. And then at this point, we all had this gut feeling like, hey, that's the same fucking horse. So, we're like, all right, we'll just keep going. So, as we go to pass it, we can see where 371 is. There's people on it. Um, we have the scene lights on, which is the floodlights on the side of the units. Yeah. yeah. We have it on. And then I look to my left because I'm driving. Where that horse was, I just see something black dart in front of the ambulance. Fast as shit. And it looked like someone was run- It looked like a running person. And I slammed on my brakes hard as shit. So I told those guys, you know, brake. Slammed on it hard. And then just then, you just got a whiff of, like, something dead. Oh, yeah, dead and rotten. Yeah, like a dead, rotten smell. And we're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And me and John Boy were like, it looked like a rabbit, but it was the size of a human. Yeah. Running on its hind legs and everything. (laughs) So we're like, okay. All right. So we, we started going down. And before we got on the road... The grandma in the back, this is this, this what she said. She's, uh, I almost got you. And we're like, they didn't think of anything at the time. We didn't think of anything of it until we got back to the station. And we started thinking about it. We're like, why did she say that in that point in time when that fucking thing ran across us? Yeah. And then the EMTs at the time were like two white girls. So they were like, I don't know, but it's really scary. But me and John Boy, they're like, what the fuck? And then come to find out, like, that old lady supposedly is, like, a well-known, like, witchcraft lady. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, known in Smith Lake. We didn't know that at the time. I, I guess until um, John Boy said, you know, hey, this is what she's known for. And I was like, oh, shit crazy so that that was one that stuck with me like to the point where i don't even like to drive you know um Borrego pass yeah when you go that way yeah i will not fucking drive that road <laughs> at night at all like even that. in even in the units i would turn every fucking light on i would look like a fucking ufo <laughs> driving down that road i would get one flying fuck guy. exactly yeah it's just something about it it's creepy yeah. That road and where that lady lived, I will not go anymore. Yeah, that's a that's one thing I explained to obviously like the guys in Yuma. Like, not all of them are native. Yeah. So like they'll ask me, they're they're like, hey, what, what about this? What about that? I'm just like, dude, I was like, like trust. you can't explain it. You just have to experience. Yeah, I like I told him I was just like, dude, if you if you ever want to come back with me, yeah, you can, but trust me, you're gonna feel eerie as shit. Like, <laughs> if you think about it, there's stuff that we're so used to doing exactly that it yeah. feels normal yeah but to other people are like why the fuck do you do that and you're like you don't do that it's like we did it growing up we yeah. were taught to do it yeah but when other people see it they're like why yeah like yeah that's that's one thing i tried to explain to all those guys like obviously they bring up like you know well i can't talk about it right now because it's dark but they ask me about it. i'm just like dude i was like you know, they'll ask me while they're on duty at night i'm just like dude i can't tell you about this exactly mm-hmm. and yeah. they're like why i was like it's nighttime I can't talk about it. Like, to go in depth with it. Yeah. You can't talk about it right now. Yeah, and then, like, uh, like I remember she, while well, she got out, she was a corporal. Her name was uh, Franco. She was asking me about it. 
And then, sure enough, I opened up the, like, I'm just like, obviously it's the Dewey desk, like everybody goes through it. I open up the drawer and I see a video about it. And I'm pretty sure you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like, you want to learn about these, right? She's like, yeah. I was just like, here. And then, like, I let her watch it. And, like, obviously, like, I wasn't going to be an asshole and just leave her there by herself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Like, I'll this just, is what you need. I'll be over here. <laughs> no, like, I, so, like, where the desk is, like, where, uh, so, like, so, like, right here's the wall, right? Walls on both sides, desk right in the middle. And then, like, I, so I was sitting on this side of her. She was sitting on the other side. She obviously pops a fucking DVD into a goddamn computer. And then she's over there watching it. She's like, and then she's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she's like, and then she looks at me. She's like, this really happens? I'm just like, I was just like, yeah. And, <laughs> like, she's just like, I've never heard about it. And, like, she's she's Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I'm just like, and then, like, we start fucking telling stories about uh conversion stories i was like she's like damn it's just like a lady owner i was just like yeah that's that's exactly what 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 it is so then like she started getting freaked out and like she was paranoid for like a week (laughs) and then like next you know she kind of got over it so but i do feel a difference from when i'm in yuma and then i come back here at night and then like at yuma i'm just like oh whatever like We'll go out like to the dunes. We'll put, we'll have like a little campfire and everything. Yeah, but in the res, you have to think about where you're going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah uh, no, we had to actually plan it out. Yeah, I'm just like, bro, shit. That that actually, um, I remember one night I was staying at my Nollies with uh, my dad, my brother, and my cousins, and it's over there at the at the the Rue Chapter House. So like, obviously, it's just like, this was like before she had the fence up around like her uh, around her house, and it was just like a barbed wire fence. Mm. Old yeah and then i was just like i was pro- like we were still in high school i think we were like maybe sophomore junior year right and like we we're all about to go to sleep like like usually my dad falls asleep with the tv on but then he turns it off like we're all sleeping on the couch and i shit you not like like right where we're sleeping is like right by the door and actually you know we just hear pounding on the door like poof, poof, poof. like fucking like you know how like police fucking knock yeah that's what it sounded like we're like what the fuck and then me and my dad get up we told my brother to like stay right there and I was here, like, my little brother's, like, fucking, like, he's, like, kind of, like, freaking out a little bit. Yeah. So, then, like, he does what, like, the little kids do, fucking hide underneath the blanket, you know, fucking impenetrable force field and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, my, uh, my Nolly comes out, and then she's like, who is that? We're just like, we don't know. And, like, this happened within less a span of, like, like, 45 seconds. And then we, we don't hear nobody run from the door, because, like, there's gravel, and, like, you can hear somebody running on gravel. Yeah. And then... Like they opened the door, nobody was there. Lights were on, everything. Something that we we're just like, what the fuck? And then yeah. we close, like we close it, we lock it again. We're sitting there, another ten minutes goes by, and then just poof, same thing. We're just like, what the fuck? And like we we're just like kind of waiting for it at that at that point. And as soon as that happened, we opened the door, nothing there. Crazy. So, so I was just Crazy. like, like my dad, like my dad's side of the family is like, uh, I don't know how traditional they are, but my dad was just like. Like, obviously, like, he got the ashes from the stove, like, rubbed down me and my brother, and, like, himself, and then his, uh, his mom did it. So. It's crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. That's how it was at the fire department a lot, too. A lot. Halloween's a perfect time for baking spooky cookies. Just roll out Pillsbury sugar cookies, cut, bake and decorate, and feed them to your goblins. <laughs> so much fun there. Scary. But, you know, some real odd stuff's been happening, like, with my folks, like, I'm saying like I've been getting weird ass body aches or like strange ass stuff like uh 
I think last night something came by and busted up like the uh, the lights that go on top of the arena. Yeah. And nobody knows who the hell it was, and we're like deep red, so it's just, well, it's not deep red, but it's just kind of like isolated, so, you know, anybody does anything, you usually know, and they don't know who did it. Holy shit. <laughs> Crazy. This is the sort of shit, yeah, this is the sort of stuff that goes on in the red, bro, and like, you know, um, everybody always talks about this and that, but there's some unspoken feuds been going on for generations, and that, that brings us to the segue of skinwalkers, you know what I mean? Like, especially the history of it in my area, it, it goes down to a whole lot of beefs from generations above mine. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of grow up, taught these beefs, taught all of these feuds and stuff like that. And, they, you know, we just kind of grow up saying, like, nah, F those guys, you know, we don't mess with them, we don't mess with so-and-so. And then it just keeps on going. It bleeds into my generation, and then my generation doing stuff to each other in those dark ways and stuff. That's just kind of how it goes on the ridge and where I'm from. Crazy. That's kind of <laughs> the tip of the iceberg of what we're beginning to this evening. Well, well, this one's only for like a short segment because um, you got to keep in mind that I'm like putting this with a bunch of other people. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But for sure, I'll probably um, I'll, I'll, the part where you shout out your um, your haunted trail. I'll probably put that at like the end, towards the end, where we usually have like the the socials and stuff. Yeah, for sure. But other than that, let's go. Let's go segue into this madness. <laughs> Please, Ooh. sir, tell us your story. Right now. Yeah. Okay, for sure. So you know. I- as y'all know, I'm from the 491, so I'm from a place called Guinea Senanzo. You know, they, like back in the day, they used to kind of go off of geographical locations. So Guinea is Falcon's Nest, and Senanzo is kind of like, you know, it's two mountains that are right next to each other. Well, two big hills, and it's within this area. You know, a lot of my childhood was spent at my grandma's house. With my cousins running around just being little res kids and whatnot. And throughout this time of spending back home on the res, it's been several times growing up where we kind of think we kind of see things here and there, especially when you play outside at nighttime. You know what that is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, just in late nights, fun times, hanging out with your cousins, playing basketball, all the way till your grandma chases you back inside because. You know, they always say, hey, get inside before it gets dark yet because there's things out there and uh, you don't want to see it. And as kids, of course, we're hard-headed and we're just kind of like, nah, we're cool. We're just going to play one more game. We're just going to keep going and just keep going, especially in the summer nights. There's no school, no nothing. Yeah. And uh, there have been a few times wherever we play outside in the trampoline or where we'll just be riding bikes. And there's always some some sort of feeling that something is off right at the edge of the darkness wherever the light ends and the darkness begins. It always feels that way. Uh, sometimes you don't feel a thing and you're kind of all right, but other times it's just kind of like lingering, like something's watching you and just kind of like raise your pounce in the darkness, but it never does. And it's in this area where we've experienced so much stuff from ghosts to uh, yannies, which are skinwalkers, basically witches or shapeshifters that do witchcraft to you know, saying people that they don't like and things like that. So my family, we're kind of into Native American church. So, you know, with that, my I come from a family where my grandpa was a roadman. My uncle carried on tradition. 
And me and my cousins, we always followed them just to help them and make sure that that culture and our family stayed alive. And a lot of the time, in the middle of the night, whenever the medicine he tends to work on the people who need the help, there's always times whenever the skinwalkers always come around. They'll be running around outside. They'll mess with you. There are cases where they'll mess with the person that takes care of the fire, you know, when it goes in and out to bring the wood back in. And they'll hold the door, and the person is trying to open the door to get out, and everybody's in the hogan. Everybody's in the teepee. Nothing should be restricting the door, and something's holding it. There have been times where I've, I've uh, heard of things looking through the little holes in the teepee and just really messing with people on the inside, trying to get them out of their zen. <clears throat> and um, a lot of the time in my area, that's where we used to have them ceremonies. And I remember one time, they were having one for uh, my one of my aunties. And I got a big family, so nobody's really going to know who I'm talking about when I say my auntie and my uncle and my cousin. But So one of my aunties was really going through it at the time. And, of course, it got really... It got really strong in the middle of the uh, of the meeting, and you know people go out to use the bathroom, but they got to come back in. You can't just go out and leave and just ask that. No, you got to come back in because that's not how that works. So she didn't come back in for a while, and my uncle he was poking fire and things like that. He goes outside to go check on her, and he can't find her, so he's just kind of freaking out. It's pitch black, you know, my grandma where I'm from. Every every family has like one street light. And that only goes so far in terms of like a diameter of visibility. Yeah. So he couldn't find her and he was just kind of like panicking and things like that. And all of a sudden he just off in the distance, he just seen her walking. And he's over at the teepee. I would have to say it's maybe about like 20, 20 yards away. And he peeped her. He seen her. And he was like, oh, shoot. And she was already halfway into the darkness, walking into the darkness. He's like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like trying to chase it down. And he like kind of catches up to her. And from the 20 yards that she went from the teepee, she was probably, she was getting close to the barn. And, you know, she was like in a trance. She wasn't herself. She was just standing there. She just wasn't looking the same. And she was telling him, she's like, do you hear that? Do you hear that? And this is probably like at two or three o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, this is the very dire part of the ceremony where... You have to really watch your surroundings. You have to watch how you're thinking. You have to watch how you meditate. You have to make sure you're plugged in with everybody that's inside participating in the ceremony in order for things to go right. And this is kind of like the peak of vulnerability where things like this tend to happen. And it just so happened. And she was telling her brother that, like, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Like, something's calling me over there in the barn. And my uncle was telling him, no, I don't hear that. And the barn was maybe about another 20 yards. It was probably halfway between the TV and the barn. And she was like, something's calling me in the barn. And so they ended up not investigating it. Uh, he ended up dragging. He basically had to drag her from where she was back to the TV. And um, he went back to the TV. He got my other uncle. And they went to investigate. They went inside that barn, and once they went inside, it was a uh, it was a cow carcass hanging up. Holy shit! And it was just hanging there, just skin, you know, just dead, just hanging there. <laughs> and this is like in the moment where we ain't butchering, we we you know it's not one of theirs. Whose cow is this? Who hung it up? Who's doing this? 
You know what I mean? So many questions like that. And a lot of the times it goes off of kind of like, I would say harassment, thing like this, but this stuff's real, you know? Yeah. And uh, there have been multiple times we have our cousin camp out every year. We have uh, all our family come together during the summertime. And I kid you not, every year, whenever we have it, there's always like a bunch of coyotes that starts howling. And it doesn't even sound like coyotes after a while. After a while, it just sounds like ladies like screaming or laughing. I don't know if you ever heard like a unison of aunties just kind of like yelling and laughing and stuff, giggling. Yeah. That's the way it sounds like. And it'll go all the way around. We'll be seeing the campfire. It'll be on the west side of us. And then all of a sudden, you'll hear the east side and the south side. And then at some time, you'll hear it all around you. It sounds like you're surrounded. And then, like I said, it just sounds like ladies just giggling and laughing away, like they're just watching you from the dark, trying to scare you. So as a kid, um, we grew up, my grandparents always told us, don't be scared of it. You know, go outside and make sure to yell at it and things like that. Yeah. And I guess the old, that's what the old ones used to do. My great-grandma, my great-grandma Annie, she was a true G. You know, she used to, whenever things would come around the Hogan, because they lived in the era of the generation of where you lived in the dirt top Hogan. You know, the generation actually had to work every day in order to survive. So they don't have no TV. They don't have no comic books. They don't have this and that. And on top of that, she's over here describing very, very uh, vividly about what's been happening. And, you know, Yanni's been coming around, running around the house, knocking on windows when people are home alone. And what she would do is that she would grab her winter skits out the top of the doorway. She'd run outside, and one night she even hit one with it. So that's how real this uh, skinwalker stuff is, is. We're able to see it. We're able to touch it. We're able to feel it. And these things really be do coming around. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, you know, that, that area where my grandma's at, you know, where I claim in my little hood or my village, however you would call it, I got so many founders that can vouch for that. They all had their own experiences in that area. And one of my personal experiences that I've had, maybe like the very last few times that I uh, stayed at my grandma's was I'd stayed in the summer times and I'd sleep in the living room because it was hot. So I leave the window open Maybe like halfway just so I could get the breeze in. You know how grandma's house is, ain't got no AC. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just laying in the living room all by myself. And all of a sudden, I just wake up out of nowhere and like 2 o'clock in the morning or so. Because the dogs all start barking. All the red dogs are going crazy all around my grandma's house, all around my uncle's, my other grandma's house. And it's just getting like to the point where I just couldn't sleep. I guess I just got up. And I don't know why nobody else heard it. I was the only one waking up, I guess. And um, you could hear me chasing something for a long distance. I would have to say maybe a good, like, 50 yards, maybe a good half football field length. I could hear them start where they started from. I could hear them run right past my grandma's, and they're still chasing and chasing it. I tell people about that, but they think it's a cow or they think it's like a horse. And I ain't going to lie. It might be come from a ranch family, but there was another time. I was uh, laying in my bed, same time, maybe like two in the morning or so, and I uh, I hear the dogs kind of just whimpering. So they're not barking this time; they're whimpering, which means they're scared, scared of something, and that's very rare for a red dog. 
because majority of the time they're always on point with everything. So I'm just sitting there and I'm wondering why they went for him. And uh, all you can hear is some hoofs. Everybody knows what hoofs sound like when they're running on hard dirt. So you just hear that click, clack, click, clack. And in my head, I said, oh, okay, one of the cows came home. They're getting some water and they're getting some food. All right, I know what that is. This time, uh, the dogs were really whimpering and it stopped right by my window. I have a screen in my window and it stopped right next to my screen. And as it stopped there, I'm just laying there in the bed. And I ain't never too scared of nothing. See, I've already been desensitized to all this reservation stuff because I grew up there. This time, I don't know what it was. It was different. I just froze up. I just felt uh, paralyzed from, uh, started from my neck. And then it just went all the way down to my toes. And it was just like paralyzed with fear. I don't know. That's just kind of what people say. But I just felt like I couldn't move. And uh, I swear to this day, I heard something breathing right next to my window. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a cow or it wasn't a horse. It was, <sighs> you know, like a person runs after like they run a mile or two or something. Yeah. People are panting. You know what a person sounds like when they pant. That's what I heard. But I couldn't see anything. And then all of a sudden, my trusty red dog, who I've had the longest, he's probably the only one that lived the old age. He finally jumped out from underneath the house and he just started chasing something. And the other dog just started following him. And whatever it was just kind of ran off. So, you know, even if that whatever it was wasn't even for me, like it was just passing by. I don't know who it was for. I don't know where it was trying to get to. But even if it ain't meant for you, even you could experience this stuff. Oh, it's always interesting to hear like people's tales of the the Yannis. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of the time, like my 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 aunties when we were kids, they like to go to bingo, so they would take off the bingo. We were probably like maybe six or seven or whatever, and she would always tell us, "Don't look out the window, don't look out the window." And all of a sudden, it just became known to us things like that. And one day, I finally asked, and I remember my grandma was telling me, "Like you know, like you never know what's gonna what what you're gonna see whenever you open that crane and you look out." Because there have been times wherever something will be looking right back at you. There have been times wherever it was able to take your soul. Where it was able to truly mess you up to the point where you couldn't even come back from wherever it is you're headed. There were times where people had money and they went broke. Just because they didn't want to take care of it after they witnessed, you know, what they witnessed. There have been times where healthy people have fallen ill because of this stuff. There have been times where people who think they had it all together, just everything fell apart on them. So this like ain't no game and it's kind of like for me in my aspect i like to think that because i've spent so many years and i've climbed so many you know steps into understanding the good side of it it's kind of like the jedi stuff you can't go that far being a jedi and not understand part of the dark side right yeah but that's just kind of how i see it it's just kind of like all this observe observation and stuff like that you kind of piece together and it's kind of crazy because you know, our aunties and uncles, our grandparents, like, they already have this down to the point where the next day something happens, and they say, I think they see the you know, they'll literally go to a medicine man and they'll let them know, I know who it was. It was some, some things like that. You know, I don't really got to do too much about them. Just help me out, and I'll keep a distance from them. That's how true Jesus they were. Yeah, this stuff really, it hasn't simmered down since the long walk. I don't know if they've ever told you about the origin of the skinwalker. 
No, no. What was what are the origins? So originally, the skinwalking stuff started back when the conquistadors, the Spanish, first came in New Mexico or this region in general, and they started taking Navajos, they started taking Comanches, they started taking um, Apaches, kind of like the whole native words in the Southwest back then. So they had all of these guns, they had these muskets, they had the armor. So our arm, our arrows and our bows, they couldn't really do much. A lot of our knife skills couldn't do much. And so we were just getting pummeled by these people. They were even going by far, setting us to Bosque Redondo, you know, to the long walk, I guess. But even before that, there was already a whole lot of conflict going on. So you know, when the Navajos wanted to get back at the Spanish, they started a... They, start, they found a new way. They found a new way of delivering messages faster. They found a new way of becoming good speakers. They found a good way of of just, uh, how would you say, of stealing. So if they don't tell you, that's the reason why our name is Navajo, because you know, the Spanish, I don't want to call us that, because we're thieves. Yeah. I guess that's kind of where it comes from. And so that skinwalking aspect is a part of it. So that's kind of how we would take back our own people from being captives. That's how we would steal food and rations from um, the Spanish. That's how we would uh, take care of our business. That's how we would relay our messages from camp to camp. So in the beginning, it started out something good. And then after the long walk, when they sent us back to the reservation, and we didn't have as much as we had before, we didn't have any sheep, we didn't have our crops, we didn't have um, a lot of our stuff that we had before the long walk so because of all of that pressure because of all of that stuff we started using the the you know the yen the skinwalking stuff yeah. we started using it on each other because we we're jealous of what each other had and it's that jealousy that jealousy is kind of like the scariest thing that a person can have is what i've been told because they ain't no telling what that person gonna do out of jealousy a lot of the time they start turning into the dark side Crazy thing about it is you go outside, and let's say you clap one of them, let's say you punch a hole in one of them with a, you know, Glock or a AR-15, right? Yeah. You put a good hole in them, so if, if the trigger goes off and the round goes in them, you know, I don't know, it's 50-50 because a lot of people say if they even try to shoot one, like the whole gun just malfunctions. They pull the trigger and the shit just won't go. And if it does, and you do happen to punch a hole in them, go go outside, you know, go around your town, go around, go around Gallup, you know, go around. And more than likely, it's going to be someone next to you know, more than likely, that person going to be walking with the lint, or that person going to be off the scene for a few. Yeah. That's how you weed them out. Yeah, that's what I've been told, man. So, there were so many stories in that case as well. Crazy, too. So many stories of uh, it being your significant other, too that close right inside your own house <laughs> married for years you know what I mean things like that it could be that person too just doing something to you crazy <laughs> yeah coming, coming from the ribs you kind of see a lot of twisted stuff about this but this is just a little a little stuff what goes on in the area in the 491 where I'm from this is what molded me and my crew <laughs> I like like I never heard the, the skinwalker origins so that's that's pretty interesting I'm not gonna lie yeah, yeah, you know, my grandma used to tell me that all the time. I was one of them kids. I was kind of like, every time I go to Gallup with my grandma, I'd be like, Grandma, tell me another story. Tell me another story. And she'd just be like, all right. And then I, now I got to the point where every story she tells, I probably heard it like 
five or six times already, and I can tell it back too, but I like hearing it from her. There's the, believe it or not, but even her stories, like her scary stories, like go back to when she was a kid, because like I said, her, her dad used to be the medicine man. That's where we kind of got all of the culture from. And he used to run meetings out in Tuba City, out, you know, far and far places. And this was back in the day of the wagon and horse. So how they used to do it is they would load up their wagon, you know, maybe like the day before they were expected to get there, depending on how far it was. And then they start their journey. And a lot of the times, whenever, you know, they would travel at night. So there was this one time where they were coming back from Tuba City at night. And um, I believe this is when her dad was a boy. And her dad was riding with uh, his dad. And his dad just happened to be a bootlegger. <laughs> so they were coming back from a run. And they still happened to get caught in the dark. And this is really dark. And it was, uh, it was the dad. It was my great-grandpa and his mom and they're in the wagon just cruising along minding their own business and I guess my great grandpa was saying I could hear something off in the distance like it was like it was tracking us like it was about to pounce maybe like a mountain lion or a coyote he said he didn't know what it was and then he just kept hearing it hearing it and then finally his dad was just kind of like here hold the reins and he grabbed the reins and said his dad just kind of like he already heard it too but he just didn't want to make them scared so he kind of just started, um, kind of just started firing shots, just to kind of get it away. But it still went away. He said, "Got as bad as to where they stopped, and his dad had like fires on all four sides of the wagon, just to kind of like keep it away if it was a predator." And um, they they slept in the wagon and then. Jesus. So I don't know. I don't know what it is about this region. I don't know what it is about this area, but I know a lot of historical stuff that's happened in this area. It's just opened up the doorway to a whole lot of um, poultry guys, to a whole lot of negative energies. Even like the most beautiful sites and the most beautiful land that you will ever see in inside of New Mexico, if you were to actually like do your history on the land and the area, you'll see some pretty twisted stuff that will happen. And you'll start piecing them together the more and more you get in touch with the lamp. You'll start to see like, oh, okay, so this is the reason why it feels like this when I walk by here. This is the reason why I feel somehow whenever I see that. See, being, uh, being Navajo is kind of being in touch with yourself. That's kind of what Hajon is. So you kind of really pay attention to your sixth sense. and You kind of got to be really tapped into nature and your surroundings and really think about things. Because... There have been times where people stumble across um, archaeological sites and they don't even know it is. And they're out here just picking up, they're picking up pottery, they're picking up Anasazi stones and things like that. And next thing you know, two weeks goes by, months go by, and next thing you know, they're, they're having all of these crazy dreams, having all these crazy visions. You know, there's been a story of how somebody has, I mean, somebody felt like they, telepathically um, teleported to the time of the Anasazi. That's how that's how strong a lot of this stuff is in the Southwest. Like, I, I wouldn't say it's hallucinogenic, but I would say some of this stuff's really powerful and we don't know what we're messing with until you're in that situation. Like I said, that story was just kind of like they were actually there in the time of, uh, in the time of the Anasazi, seen them working, they seen them going about their daily lives and they were just looking at the person just kind of like what the hell what are you doing you know like they were just looking at them really odd 
and see, like, as a person of science, as a person that kind of thinks like that, like, I'm always thinking, like, wow, did they, did they almost, like, meditate themselves into, like, another dimension on accident? <laughs> because they did come out of the Hogan. And who knows, the Hogan could be, like, a spaceship, some sort of way. It's kind of crazy how my mind just kind of works with all of that, because if skinwalkers can be true, then so can Bigfoot, so can aliens. So can all these other dimensions. So, so can string theory. Piece it all together. Stay woke, my people. Exactly. Well, I think we should start wrapping it up now. Yeah. Do you want me to shout out the home house now? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> hey, but, yo, word to the viewers. Thank y'all for tuning in on this episode. I just wanted to touch base for advertising a haunted house. On the 491, so it's going to be half a mile west of mile marker 14 on Deer Springs Road, Highway Twin Lakes, New Mexico. So, if y'all know where that's at, I don't know where, if anybody knows where Coyote, Jun- Coyote Canyon Junction is at. It's literally right across from that junction. The the road that takes you to Crown Point from the 491? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just right across from that junction. And we'll also have signs up. We got some flyers out right now. We made some. We're gonna plan on making some merchandise and things like that. It's gonna be a real good time. We have this every year. This is gonna be our 20th anniversary, so our customers can expect great things. And we're looking forward to having a haunted house again because the past two years we've been having a haunted trail just because of COVID. Yeah. So this year, since things have opened back up, it's given us the opportunity to go back to the roots. This is kind of how it first started. Like I said, it started 20 years ago. My late uncle wanted to have a haunted house um, before he happened to pass the cancer. So ever since then, we kept the tradition running. So we've been doing it for maybe 23 years, but we're being humble for the people around us. So we just sing 20. <laughs> you know how we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if y'all got some time, come slide by. We got some VIP passes for Shade Anderson and the Cringe Squad. Oh, oh, and we oh. also invited over some politicians. We invited over some bloggers. So. Like I said, it'll be a good time. Come over. It'll be ten dollars per person. And yeah, we'll have concession. There'll be some food ready. Maybe some cocoa. A nice hot fire to chill by. And uh, the most entertaining thing is watching watching how macho everybody goes in <laughs> and watching how they come out. So if you want to be a part of that, swing on by. It's a real fun, family fun environment. Not bad. Not bad. And- yeah. Thank you again for being on the show. Um, um, other than that, we still look forward to your music. And uh, remember yeah. to keep it cringe. All day, every day, 24-7. Ah, you've come for my delicious cereal, called Chocula. It's chocolatey good. With a devilishly good chocolatey flavor and tasty marshmallows. Wrong air count. Kids come calling for my Frankenberry cereal. It's frightfully good with strawberry flavor and tasty marshmallows. What a treat! El Jocula! Frankenberry! We like both! (laughs) You can enjoy this good nutritious breakfast with Frankenberry! And that is all. That is all that she wrote. The murder that she wrote. Remember that good show? That was a good show. But again, listener, it is I, The Cringe, and you are listening to Cringetober Episode 4, Tales from the Spiral Part 1. Be sure to keep your eyes open because you might hear some in the middle of the night. That may not make sense, but I don't even know what makes sense now these days. But we got another part two for you this Wednesday. Be sure to check that out. 
But as always, I am your host with the most cringe, Louis Duvalo, Shade Anderson. And I want you to please do something for Cringe Tober. You know, trick or treat, give a little kid candy. I don't know, do something. Go to Haunted House, go to Elegy's Haunted House, you know. Um, watch a scary movie. What? Eat, eat booberry. <laughs> but I want you to follow and like the Uzumaki podcast on Spotify, Facebook. Now, currently, now on Amazon, not going to lie, I actually did that. I'm trying to get more access to other podcasts, but if you can, just share with somebody you want because it helps us, and when it helps us, it helps you because you get more funny shit like, like me, like me talking to you. Hey, how, how's, how's it going? How, how's your fucking Halloween? I'm just joking. Um, but yes, be sure to keep out for part three or part two. Of the Cringetober Spectacular Into the Spiral. Coming this Wednesday. We got three new artists for you to listen to. It's going to be a short one. But it's going to be more scary. And more spooks. And then please. 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 please catch episode 5. Of the Cringetober 2022 Spectacular Into the Spiral. Part 3. This Sunday. We got spooks all month long. And remember to keep it cringe.